Hi everyone and welcome along to episode two of The Phoenix Way. Delighted to be joined by Luton Phoenix manager, Mr. Asif Khan. Uh, Asif, good evening to you. How's it going, boss? Evening, bro. How are you doing? You all right? I'm, I'm, I'm good. Thank you for asking. Um, obviously, before we get started with uh, episode two, just want to thank everyone out there that's taken their time to subscribe to the channel already and that's checked out our content. Really appreciate it. Um, if you want to know more about our football club, please feel free to follow us on all of the social media platforms. The links are in the description below. And if you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you want to listen to any of our episodes of The Phoenix Way, uh, the links below are in the descriptions for the audio platforms, including Pocket Casts, Google iTunes, and of course, the main one, Spotify. Um, welcome to episode two. Today, we're going to be discussing a very sensitive topic in football, which is racism in grassroots football. Um, as if we've been in grassroots football for a very, very long time now, we've had a few incidents in terms of racism. We all know how high racism is today in the game of football and, uh, you know, the, the measurements that teams are taking, you know, the knee before the game, you've seen how people are trying their best to get rid of racism in the sport. Uh, but let's start off with our background. Obviously, we've got a multicultural team. Just talk to us a bit about the background of the Luton Phoenix team. Yes, our team's well, predominantly Asian. You know, if you looked at us, you'd, you'd say we're, we're an Asian team, but um, that's not not through like any you know choice of our own. It's just it's just happened that way. But we've always been very welcoming. We've had players, um, you know, of, of all colours playing for us. Um, and players that have played for us of different colours that are still like a part of our team, you know. We've got a few people that no longer play for us, but they're still in our, in our group. And, you know, we still call them friends and we'll, we'll, we'll see them outside of football and that and, and keep in touch. So, but our team itself, if you looked at us, you know, we're, we're an Asian team. Um, we've, I don't think we've always been like that. You know, we've always had a, a, had a good mix. Um, I'm not sure why it is. I mean... We're very welcoming. We, you know, we have pre-seasons and training sessions where, you know, we're, we're open. It's an open invitation. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, our team is 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 a predominantly an Asian team. You've obviously played with a number of teams over the years in terms of Sunday League football, grassroots football. You know, I remember going back to your early ages when you used to play for the White Swan. I believe it was the under 18s, and then obviously you had MYA. And um, obviously, Luton Phoenix. I mean, just how, on a percentage, how often is this issue, i.e., racism, occurring in grassroots football? And why do you think it's within the last year or so? Why do you think people have started taking these routes now to start getting rid of it? Why has it taken so long? I think the problem is it's, it's, it's like, Echoed at the highest level, right? So you see in the Premier League and that. But when you figure it down to grassroots football, there's nothing. You know, the message doesn't filter down to 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 right to the bottom um, to us playing on, you know, Sunday League, um, and, and and that's the problem. Um, like you said, you know, we've had a few incidents ourselves um, over the last probably eighteen months. It's happened to us two or three times, um, and it's not just Asian teams it happens to. You know, we. We're quite close with other teams. We, we know teams that are of like a, you know, a predominantly a white team, and, and and they've had, you know, racial problems. So it's not just pointed at 
or, or Asians are just singled out. This is happening um, to people of, of every color. Um, and why it's happening? It's because no one's, I mean, people ain't being educated enough. You know, we're going to talk about what happened with our thing and then, you know, people will get an idea of, of why this thing keeps happening. When we look at the the issue of racism in football, what with the roots and the steps that people are taking, do you think it's been a successful path in terms of getting rid of racism out of the sport, or do you think we're a long way away off from getting rid of racism in football, not just in football, but any sport? I think we're a long way, you know. They're having problems getting it, you know, eradicated at, at the highest level. How's it going to happen at, 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 the, at the lowest level? Um, and, and the worrying thing is, is, is it's probably filtering down to, to the younger ages. You know, it's probably happening. Um, I've spoken to people that, that, that run kids' teams and, and they've told me that it's happening. You know, parents are, are shouting racial abuse at referees and, and that. So it's, it's getting worse, if anything. And it is going to get a lot worse. Um, before he gets any better. Before we obviously move on into, you know, the incidents that have happened with us in the past, you know, you mentioned, obviously, your little son, my little nephew, you started getting him into football now. You're saying a lot more of the teens are going into Sunday League football. But these issues such as racism, do you think, with how it is today in the sport, do you think that this is one of the main reasons why we're struggling to see many youngsters go into grassroots football, i.e. Sunday League, midweek footballs, you know, football like that, do you think this is why kids these days are sort of, especially Asian kids, are sort of not taking football as an activity or a part of their life? Where's our role models? You know, where's, where's the Asians, where's the British Asians that have gone on to, to do, you know, become superstars? I know there's, you know, a handful, you know, maybe two or three in the Premier League, but other than that, we don't, we don't see any. So where's the, where's the success story? There's not many. So, you know, I, I can understand why people, when they, you know, they, they may be shy away from football now because there's not that, that model, role model to look up to and think, oh, I can be like him. You know, he's done it, so I can. Um, the youth now are starting to turn to boxing and that, if you think about it, because boxing, you've got a lot more British Asians that are, that are fighting at a high level. So... Yeah, I think we're a long way behind when it comes to comes to football. What can local communities, local councillors, what can they do to make sure? I mean, as you just said, lots of British Asians are going into boxing, and it's a good thing. We've seen what boxing did for the likes of Amir Khan. We've got good young fighters coming up now, but what can we do? You know, people that have been in grassroots football for a very long time, sort of help the younger generation come into the sport and you know see football as a potential career path. Just keep going, keep doing what we're doing, you know, just, just not giving up, you know, putting the message out there that, you know, football is, is something positive to do. You don't have to play at the highest level to enjoy it and just keep doing it, man. You know, there's a lot of teams out there that are doing a, a, you know, a lot of good things, but they don't get the recognition, they don't get the exposure. So us doing channels like this and episodes like this, it just it highlights the fact that there is positive, um, even if you're playing at a low level. You know, we've seen it with ourselves. You know, we've got players and had players that if they weren't playing football, who knows what they'd be doing. So, you know, we, it's our job to highlight that and to, to, to show that football is a positive thing. Very well said, Asif. And yeah, listen, I agree with you. You know, we want to see as many, not just Asians, but all the young, the, the majority of the young generation go into grassroots football because, you know, Luton Phoenix, 
going into Luton Phoenix is one of the best things I ever did. You know, I made a lot of friends out of it, just like yourself. I've had some great experiences and, you know, the last 10 years playing Sunday League football, we've had some bad times, but we've also had some pretty good times that we can look back on and say, you know what, I wish you could roll back the years and uh, relive it again. Let's talk about an incident that occurred earlier on at the start of last season. What did our team have to go through? Um, just explain it to the people that are obviously going to be watching this video. You're the manager of the club and this is an incident that you felt, we all felt that we were let down massively by the Football Association. Yeah, so we, player of ours was racially abused. There's, there's no way, you know, no, no other way of, of saying it. Um, and we reported it. Um, the, we went into lockdown, so everything was kind of delayed. Um, we had a hearing with the National FA, and then from there on, it was just a shambles. We were we were let down massively by the FA. You know, we were made out to be the people that have done wrong. And in the end, the person, um, the person that was charged was, was, was found not, you know, not guilty, not proven. Um, and the reasoning behind it was, was pathetic. Um, the technicality really is, is what they, is, is what they found this person not guilty of. And um, that's the thing that hurts the most. You know, the, the FA that at the time were, were shouting, very loud about racism and stamping out of football. They done everything possible to um, make it out that we were lying, and that hurt me massively because, you know, my job as, as you know, I know people say it's just a Sunday league team, but my job as a manager is to make sure that the players are protected. And this was one time I feel like we definitely would be protected because we've done everything the right way. We ticked all the boxes. You know, we didn't kick off about it. You know, we reported it, we went through the right channels and still we were told in the end, nope, you're wrong. Nope, you're lying. So massive letdown, massive wake-up call for me as well because i had done things wrong in the lead up to it. You know, I, I don't think I prepared as well as I should have. But the main thing is the FA, they let us down massively. Last year during the pandemic, just before the football season began, there was an incident in America where a policeman you know, abused his, 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 his power, abused his position of authority. Um, unfortunately, you know, George Floyd was, you know, horrifically murdered. And then after that, a lot of people decided to take measurements such as taking the knee. You know, people around football, foot, captains from the Premier League decided to take the next step. It seemed like there was a real togetherness during towards the end of last season, especially after the pandemic and, of course, the incident occurring, George Floyd. Going into the whole trial with the FA, did you feel after what had happened previously before the incident with Luton Phoenix that you would get the backing and the support that you need from the FA? We had zero support whatsoever. So we went into that thinking, listen, this is as clear as day, you know, we've done everything right. We've reported to the referee, we've reported to the league, we've got witnesses, people have heard it. We had, we had no reason to um, think that this was going to go any other way than this person to be found guilty. And that's what we wanted because I sent an email to the, to the FA and to the league when this happened. I said, I don't want this guy to be punished or whatever. Just educate this person because unfortunately in this world, he might say something similar to what was said and 
the outcome might not be the same. You know, this guy could get hurt. You know, anything could happen. Just educate him. That's what we asked for. And the FA offered us no support whatsoever. The person in question that was racially abused never received a phone call, an email to say, listen, you know, you know, you know we're sorry for what's happened. We're here if you need any support or anything. And then the trial itself was, I call it a trial, but the, the hearing itself was an absolute joke. You know, it was in front of a, this is all done online, it was in front of a panel. And it was very clear and obvious from the beginning that we, they were finding any excuse to find holes in what we were saying. Um, uh-huh. And then the main thing, sorry, so the main thing for me was when they provided their written reasons as to why they found this person not guilty, one of the reasons they said was is because we never had witnesses. And I've got emails and had emails for months leading up to say, there's five people that have heard it. They want to be part of the hearing. Please put them down. And then in the end, they weren't called. But they used that as a reason as to why this person was found no guilty. So they let us down massively. And, and I was, after it, I just, I went on a mad rampage to try and get answers. And they just kept shining me down. This is, this is the local FA and the national FA. Shut me down time and time again. And in the end, I just gave up because what's the point? You know, you shouldn't have to fight for something like that. And yeah, I just gave up. When you attended this meeting with the FA, you said at the time that you felt like you was turning up as it was you that was at fault. You never received mm. that support. Just talk to me about being there at the time. What was it like? What sort of vibe? What sort of a feeling were you getting from the FA at the time? Straight away, you knew that these guys were just, they weren't interested in, in, in what was what I was saying. They were just trying to pick holes in what the person who received the abuse said, you know, uh, in trying to pick holes in his story. And they weren't interested in, in anything I had to say. It was what I wasn't saying. And I could have easily said a lot of things, but I stuck to the truth because, you know, what's the point in lying? There's no point in lying whatsoever. And the truth was this person racially abused my player. But these guys didn't want to know. The vibe was from the beginning was we're going to do everything we can to, to find this person, not Kiwi. And it's funny because it was all done online, right? So myself was first and um, the, the guy that was racially abused, he was second. And he was messaging me whilst it was happening, saying, like these lot are just trying to pick everything up. You know, we were going back and forth because we couldn't believe it. Um, so it was no surprise when we got the, the, the verdict that the guy was found not proven. When the verdict came in, how did you feel? What was your initial thinking? You know, I mean, you, we, we spoke about this, you know, and I remember your reaction to it. I remember how people in and around the team, I remember people outside, how they stepped up, they reshared posts, the amount of retweets we were getting, people were trying to back us. But the one backing you wanted was from the main governing body itself in the FA. How did you feel when the verdict was given, not guilty? And what would your message now be to the FA? Because if this has happened once, it could easily happen again. We hope it doesn't happen again. But the mm. likelihood is that without actual evidence, the FA, which they were asking for, was to, was to say that the FA won't you know, back a team if this happens again in the future? So in answer to how I felt, I was, like I said, let down massively. I was, honestly, I was, I was really upset. Or seriously, proper upset because... I didn't feel it was right. I mean, 
we're not just talking about football here. We're just talking about, you know, normal values of life. And when, when you're told that, you know, that you're wrong for, for, for standing up and, you know, for something, it's hard to take. So, um, and, you know, the, like you said as well, you, this happened before, right? So we had an incident a year before that where a similar thing happened. And I, as the manager, decided to take the team off the pitch. And we actually got charged for it. We got charged for abandoning the game. So this time it happened. We've done the right things. We ticked all the boxes. We stayed on the pitch. We reported to the referee. We reported to the manager afterwards. We reported to the league. Reported to the FA. And still in the end, we were wrong. So what do we do when it happens again? Because I've always told you guys, my players, that if it ever happens, look, there's a protocol to follow. We've got to do it. We've got to do it the right way. But if someone, if it happens again, why are my players going to have any confidence in, in that system when it hasn't worked? And who am I to, to control, you know, 11 grown men in someone racially abusing them? It's hard for me. And, you know, this is what the FA have, have pushed everyone to. And people that have watched our videos and seen this and heard our story, they think it's the exact same thing. You know, they know we've been let down and, and, and they will probably do the same thing as well. Similar incident happened with this, the same team towards another team. Yeah. Did you not think at that time, well, hold on, surely now the same team's name has been brought up again with another team that plays in the, in the league as us. Did that not make you think, wait, hold on a second, this team has now done it more than once. They've been reported more than once. Surely now the FA have to act, act upon this. They didn't. Are you surprised that with obviously what's happened with this incident, not only with our team, but also the other team. We're not going to, you know, obviously say the team's name, but are you surprised that teams are still competing in this league right now? Because this has happened more than once. When do you think teams like, you know, ourselves, at what point do we say enough is enough? And what's the next step that we take to stop this from, from happening again? So we were going to, so my, my, my plan was if we, if we played this team again, which we were, we were due to, but then obviously the, the season got voided. We weren't going to play them. And I didn't tell anyone this, but I wasn't planning on, on playing them because, I, one, I couldn't guarantee the game would end end well for anyone because of the emotions and that. And two, I don't feel like we, they deserve to be on the same pitch as us. So I, we weren't going to play that team anyway. But in answer to a question about who they deserve to play, listen, you can't just have one or two idiots ruin everyone else's you know game. I'm pretty sure... The rest of them were sound, yeah? The rest of them, you know, we had our back and forth with this team and so did the other team. But the majority of them, they were really good footballing players, youngsters. But um, the it's a shame that nothing was done by the FA and by the team itself. If it happened the other way around and, and one of my players racially abused someone and it was that blatant, they would never play for us again. They would no, not be anywhere near our team. So... That never happened for the other team. So, you know, what can you do? They're carrying on playing. And like I said, it's going to take probably one time for them to do it to a team that ain't going to stick to protocol. And then maybe they'll learn the lesson. I hope that doesn't happen, but I can honestly see that happening. But be, being manager of Luton Phoenix Football Club, you know, you're going into your third season now. Uh, one thing I've noticed, obviously, because I play as well for Luton Phoenix. I've been here for a long time as well is that we've got a good relationship with other teams. You know, we, we, we speak to the other teams' managers um, on via social media. We interact with them on Twitter. You know, you speak, you know some of the managers quite well. 
One good thing about this whole incident, and I must say, is is that the support we were shown from other managers in our same league mm. was brilliant. Mm. Do you not think that in future, if this does happen again, and we hope it doesn't happen because we don't want to see a team, uh, uh, someone from a different team, go through what one of our players had to go through. Do you not think that the next step could be is for all managers to get together as 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 a, as a pact, as a group, and say this is where we put our foot down, and if you get, let's say. The league is made of 12 teams, but you've got 11 managers that are refusing to, you know, accept decisions such as the one that we got with this whole racial abuse. Do you not think that that is the right step to take? Managers coming together as one, not just in our league, but also for all entire grassroots football, them joining forces is the right step to take and stop racial abuse from happening. Do you not think that that is a potential step that we need to be thinking of taking next? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, this is... A good point because, like you said, we had a lot, of, a lot of teams reach out to us and, and offer their support because they see the work we're doing and, and we recognise the work they're doing. You know, it's, I've got a good relationship with most teams, and that's because you know we acknowledge how hard of a job it is to run a team. But um, really, I don't think it should be on us to make that kind of decision. This should be on the FA. You know, remember we have the league and then the FA. The league are governed by the FA, so any decision they make is 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 they have to run by the FA and the FA are not willing to, you know, make that kind of decision. So maybe it might take something like that, or maybe it might take someone lashing out and, and, and hitting out for them to understand that this issue is a real issue. This issue happens every Sunday. This issue happens with under 16, under 14, under 12. And it's, you know, when is it going to end? When is someone going to take a stand for it? You know, we reached out to a lot of people, right, of all this. And listen, some people were, were willing to help. Other people were reluctant to help. Other people were reluctant to put their name out there and associate themselves with it, which I can understand. But at uh, the same time, it, it, did, it did piss me off a bit, if, I, if I'm being honest. But, you know, I've learned from it. And I think we've all learned from it as a team. Um, we'll talk about it definitely as a team because you know we're going to go into the next season and if it happens again we need to understand what we do so we learn from these things um, and we just hope they don't happen again but you know I can't see that happening Well very uh, tough topic to discuss obviously racism in grassroots football and obviously the one of the worrying things for me is as you know mentioned at the start of this episode is you, you know, you've, you've got your kids that are slowly taking up football now. Um, hopefully one day I'd want to put my kids into football. But the worrying thing for me is is obviously the racial abuse topic. And it's a topic that, you know, it's, it's a topic that there's no end outcome to. And unfortunately, racism is a thing in all sports that just never seems to go away. Final question, as if a lot of people, especially professional athletes, are now taking the step to remove themselves from social media due to a lot of hate that they receive online. Can you see that? Can we, can you see that benefiting, benefiting from this, right? From the, from not, not only is it happening on the pitch, it's also happening online. Can you see that helping in the future? I think, I think it's great that, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the world-class professionals and you know the elite level footballers and sports people are, are making a stand but what does that do for us you know this whole black life matter movement it's all advertised on tv and you know every game and that but what does it do for the grassroots level i think 
we have to sort this ourselves. I think managers have to take care amongst themselves that if they've got a player that's, you know, potentially racist or causing issues, they need to sort that out themselves. You know, I don't stand for any of that. If any of my players were like that, like I said, they wouldn't play for us. I've had players before which have caused me issues and caused us issues and they've not played for us again. So I think we have to make um, the, you know, the stand and we have to, we have to make them decisions. Um, it's the only way it's going to work because we're not going to get any help from anyone because unfortunately the FA, they're quick to hand out fines. You know, you get a yellow card, you're paying, it goes up every year from 15 to 20 pounds. You get a red card, it's 40 pounds. Even these hearings that we had, we had to pay for, you know, to appeal it, we had to pay for it. It's all about money when it comes to FA, you know, and, and that's the bottom line. So they're not going to want to stick their neck out and, um, and do anything controversial. So we're going to have to do it ourselves. Shocking. As you said, you know, you had to pay for an appeal. You know, you turned up and it felt like you was the one at fault. It is, I mean, I've, to be honest with you, when, when the original decision was made and when you told me about how when you turned up to this meeting online, it just felt like the finger was being pointed, pointed at you. It felt like you was the one that was at fault. And I think that's obviously where, that's where for me the problem lies is, you know, such a, at the time when obviously, we had the, the Black Lives Matter, we had players taking the knee. That's when you really thought, okay, now things are going in the right direction, but this incident happens with us and you just more or less get told, or you more or less get pushed away, no help, and you get made out to feel like, you know, you're the one at fault. I think that's the massive eye-opener. And, and I do hope people will listen to this and we can take those right steps and we can remove racial abuse from from not just football, but also from any sports, because we've got a lot of kids playing football nowadays. And the last thing we want to see is the younger generation have to go through this abuse because it is, it's, it's, it's off-putting. And I just hope um, people will listen to this video and realise what we've had to go through as a team. And obviously what the other um, team in the league had to go through as well, because let's remember there's also other victims that have gone through exactly what we've gone through. And I hope that this video is heard and how we can remove, you know, bigotry. We can remove racial ra racism, just completely out of the sport. Um, Asif, obviously, that's all we've got time for today on episode two. Floor's all yours. Um, what have you got to say to the people out there if they haven't already? It's like, subscribe, and turn on the bell. I think I think I'm getting used to this guy. But yeah, if you you know subscribe to our videos, turn the notifications on. We've got some good content coming up. We've got some good ideas. Um, we're starting our preseason soon, so we'll have you know footage of the team. We'll start talking football soon with the Euros coming up, and mm. my boy Trent getting in the squad. Um, so yeah, we'll, um, we've, we've got some good things lined up. One hundred percent, and of course, like I said, if people want to get to know more about our football club, if they want to get involved with our football club, you know, the social media links are going to be in the description below. If people out there can't play football but they like watching football please feel free to turn up and show us your support. You know, we can definitely use a huge fan base and we've got some good footballers that could use some good footballing chance as well. Asif, um, manager of Luton Phoenix, thank you very much for your time as always. Good speaking to you. Looking forward to doing that Euro 2020 preview. And again, to the people out there, thank you very much for your time. Like, subscribe and comment. Follow on all the social media platforms. And thank you for listening to episode two of The Phoenix Way.